You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, February 17th. Yes, it is. It's President's Day. It is. Happy President's Day. Happy President's Day. To all the presidents in my life. Hmm. Just Do you personally same... know a bunch? Because now I'm really curious. No, but strangely <laughs> enough, a little ancestry here, I'm related to the second governor of the state of Missouri. That you are. Yes. It's really fascinating. Isn't it though? We should have like a genealogy day because Wait, everyone would be... Governor's <laughs> Day? Oh, everyone would love about hearing about our own genealogies, wouldn't they? Isn't that fascinating? It's great radio. It is Monday, February 17th, Monday. <laughs> We're going to dig into Mental Health Monday here in just a little bit. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. See, we like having mental health Mondays on Mondays because one, it's called Mental Health Mondays, but also <laughs> because we need we need the help on Mondays. Uh, digging into an interesting topic today is kind of our segue between series on mm-hmm. Mental Health Monday. We've been working through emotions, mm-hmm. uh, learning a lot about emotions over the last few weeks with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. Today, we're going to take a look at a, a very important topic of mental health and church workers, particularly um, mental illness and church workers. So mm-hmm. this is kind of the opposite. Mental health is usually what we talk about, um, but uh, mental illness is what we're going to dig into today. And uh, so we're we're ready to chat about this with the uh, Reverend Bob Zagor, Executive Director of the LCMS Office of National Mission. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. I'm glad to be with you. And uh, also checking in with Heidi. Heidi's on with us as well this morning, Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear you there. Glad to have you. Now you're in with us. Glad to have you. You were concerned. Us. Where's Heidi? Heidi's not showing up. <laughs> My computer didn't show you were there, but you were there all ready to go. All right. Well, we're talking about um, an article that, that came out uh, on the Wall Street Journal, which we don't really talk about Wall Street Journal too much here on the Coffee Hour on a regular no. basis. Um, but it was a very intriguing article. Um, I think, Heidi, you first shared it on, uh, someone shared it with you on Facebook, and uh, it's it uh, sparked a conversation, uh, the uh, particularly about mental illness and church workers. Um, what it, what caught your attention when you first saw this article in the Wall Street Journal? Yeah, I gave this article a little bit more weight than I normally would Facebook shares because mm-hmm. I was actually sent to it via email by a pastor friend of mine in ministerial health who works with the Indiana District and has done quite a bit of years of work in worker health. Pastor Dick, um, I don't know how to say it. Kaneke, thank you, everybody. (laughs) It's a good thing our Lutheran world sometimes remains a little small. Um, But he had shared it with me and said, I thought you'd be interested in seeing this and I want to hear your thoughts. And so when he sent it, I kind of delayed and then I read it and it was just a really powerful article with a lot of elements. I was I would like to say impressed with the way it was covered from different ends of the spectrum, I guess. And we're talking about the uh, the article that this was uh, January 20th in Wall Street Journal about a pastor serving a congregation um, in another denomination in Waco, Texas, and his story about his experience with mental illness and what the implications were for him in his congregation. So. Before we dig into that story a little bit more, let's just talk about mental illness and how we understand it. Well, let's start with, from from your perspective, Bob, uh, does the Bible talk about mental illness and as we understand it today? Well, the Bible talks directly about mental illness and talks about it in terms of the fall. In Romans 8, St. Paul writes, for the mind, 
the mind set on flesh is death. And it's an interesting thing because the word there is phronema in Greek. The, the New Testament was originally written in Greek, and phronema means all of sort of the mental and emotional parts of a person. So the mind or all of the emotional and mental parts of a person that belong to the flesh are dying. And they give out the symptoms of death. So every one of us, to one extent or another, suffers from mental health issues. And it's Jesus, Jesus gives us answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus gives us help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What, what can, what is, are there other places in Scripture uh, that talk about mental illness? Well, all over Scripture we find people who are dealing with it, but let's think of it in the, in the truest sense. You have the eternal God who can kill you simply by stopping thinking about you, and we're actively in opposition to him. And so this, every time we hear about sin, we hear about one version or another of mental illness, but sometimes it becomes profound, and it always turns against us. Mm-hmm. That's why you have Paul in Romans 7 talking about this body of death that he suffers from, the good that he wants to do, he doesn't do, the evil that he doesn't want to do, this he keeps on doing. So we have this this series of of warring thoughts and emotions and feelings within us that we can't answer for ourselves, that we can't fix on our own. And this isn't this isn't unusual. This is the chronic experience of of all human beings, but some people have bigger battles or different battles than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times we fall into a trap of thinking that uh, if I have a mental illness, it means my faith isn't strong enough. Oh, and that's <laughs> which is really bad. <laughs> that's a horrible thing to say because it's not really true. If right. you if you think about it, what Jesus has told us is we're not going to escape this life without these trials. Right. And what the scripture tells us is we're not going to escape this life without these trials. And Jesus didn't come to fix the world. Jesus came to rescue us from the world. We don't we don't fully escape the trials of of physical or mental or emotional or whatever kind of health that has to do with this body in this world until the resurrection. And until then, God has given us his gifts and his grace, and they help us through it all. But it also causes a disconnection. So a lot of the things that we see talking about physical health in, in the Bible are are also true of mental health. Mm-hmm. I think about this in terms of the lepers that come to Jesus. They had to be dealing with huge emotional issues because they were they were cast off. They were they were isolated. They weren't allowed to come near people. When they saw a group of people, they had to yell unclean, mm-hmm. never to be touched by another human being except another leper. And can you imagine what that must have been like? So we have experiences throughout the history of the Bible that easily fall into those things. And then you have the Psalms. Why are you so cast down within me, my soul? Mm-hmm. From the depths I cry to you, O Lord, O Lord, hear my voice, and so on. We, we have it all over the scripture. Heidi, do you want to add to that, uh, particularly about the, the misconceptions about uh, mental illness and, and, and church workers and that, it, that I shouldn't have, uh, you know, I don't have enough faith, right? As a mm-hmm. church worker, I shouldn't have to wrestle with a mental illness. 
Yeah, I think one thing that's really helpful is to remember that mental illness is physical illness. It's our body that God created that, as Pastor Zagor said so eloquently, is greatly affected by sin and its result, which is death. And so we experience physical symptoms of mental health and we experience mental health symptoms of physical health. And so those things are have so much overlap that I don't think we we like to scalpel them apart in our uh you know health world and insurance kind of driven society but the reality is that they very much overlap and so helping people understand that i have found is super powerful especially uh pastors and church workers in their congregations because there is so much shame associated with the stigma of mental health I think so often different denominations and different Christians over time have taken to putting that that blanket idea that Sarah brought up, that it's related to our faith or somehow doubt and a lack of faith, that we would struggle with our minds or that we would struggle with our hearts and our emotions in particular. And the reality is, as Pastor Zagor just pointed out, all over scripture, we are met with very faithful people, included in Hebrews 11, mind you, Mm -hmm. which we call the hall of faith, and they struggle with their emotions. They struggle with their thoughts. Uh, we are experiencing both, you know, this sanctified life where we uh, are trying to make decisions and make good choices and lead godly lives, while very much aware that our own any godliness that we have is from Christ alone. <laughs> we will never fulfill those things. And so, taking some of the weight off of what we can control when we talk about mental health and physical health, I believe is really helpful. And our workers, they think about the verse in scripture that says, you know, I need to have my family put together, basically. There's this weight in Timothy of having your life sorted out before you go into ministry or while you're doing ministry. And while that, we want to take scripture seriously, you know, we want to understand that scripture is without error and there's a place for that. How we define that though is really important. And I really think that scripture, when it asks for our leaders to have themselves in order, to have their household in order, that means getting the help we need. Because again, as Pastor Zagor said, we will all have problems. We will all have stuff in our life that we encounter. And scripture is very clear about that in its narrative, but also very clear about that in the letters and in the gospels and Jesus encountering people. And just reconceptualizing the fact that we all have mental health. It's something we need to take care of. It's something that God built into us as creator. And I'm so thankful he made us whole people body, heart, mind, strength, all of that together. And so, just turning to God's word to see it as a whole, instead of taking those verses out and hearing what we've heard from other Christians or we hear on media is really important for our understanding of mental health. We're talking about mental health and church workers and uh, also taking a look at an article, a recent article in the Wall Street Journal as well. We're talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman and Pastor Bob Zagor, Executive Director, LCMS Office of National Mission. We'll take a quick break. We'll continue the conversation. We're not going to cut it short today. We're going to continue the conversation <laughs> on Mental Health Monday here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.
Monday, February 17th, 2020. KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsor, Helen Nowak of Columbia, Missouri. Helen made a gift to KFUO Radio in loving memory of her husband, Ronald Nowak, on his birthday and in praise to God for all the blessings the Lord has given Helen throughout the years. Thank you, Helen Nowak, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO Day Sponsor. Did you know that many LCMS military personnel and their families are unable to receive Word and Sacrament ministry due to the lack of LCMS chaplains? Ministry to the Armed Forces is looking for pastors who will answer the call to serve as a chaplain to provide Word and Sacrament ministry to the men and women who selflessly serve our nation. Find out more about this exciting ministry by contacting me, Chaplain Craig Mueller, at lcmschaps at lcms.org. That is lcmschaps at lcms.org. Hi, this is Pastor Mark Azil, the LCMS Director of Campus Ministry and the Chancellor of LCMSU, inviting you to join us right here on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. in the Student Union. If you can't make it, Student Union is always available as a podcast at kfuo.org. Learn more about LCMSU at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus. We'll help. Wednesday afternoon at 2 on KFUO. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday, the extended version today, because we knew it was an important topic, mental health, uh, particularly mental illness and church workers. Mm -hmm. And uh, talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, as usual, on Mental Health Mondays, and the Reverend Robert Zagor, Executive Director of LCMS Office of National Mission. Uh, What prompted this was an article, a recent article in the Wall Street Journal about a pastor from another denomination serving in, uh, I believe, in Waco, Texas, and was was dealing with... um, burnout and mental health issues and uh, approached his he wanted to deal with it in a healthy way wanted to to manage it well and approached his elders about it and uh, and and how that situation transpired from there Heidi would you like to maybe give us a recap from that well I think we this happens more commonly than we would like to think. But at the same time, when it shows up in the Wall Street Journal, people tend to pay attention. And that's just the reality of the culture we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, but this particular pastor had a mental health issue. He shared it with his elders and then the elders in response. And, you know, we weren't sitting in the room and we don't have details mm-hmm. and we don't know all of the different sides and ways of communication that were happening here. But he was essentially asked to step down in ministry and in the end, from what I read in the article, he was also felt kicked out of the church. Like he was not one of that body of Christ. And I actually think that particular issue held the bigger weight, um, even then being asked to leave the ministry. And so for me, that really had a huge focus in the article that he was asked um, not only to not be the pastor, but it felt to him like he was being kicked out of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. How does that speak to uh, the the broader issue of challenges uh, challenges or roadblocks um, that that church workers do have when when they know they're struggling and they want to seek help um, but they're afraid of something exactly like this happening? Well, I'll jump in on this. We just did a survey of of worker wellness and mental health. And 24% of our workers self-reported that they've been diagnosed by mental professionals with either anxiety or depression disorders. 
What was that percentage again? 24%. So almost one in four. And it's a common thing. Now, these are self-reported. I think the numbers are higher because Mm -hmm. people are still afraid, ashamed, and guilty over this. The very first thing that we have to deal with is that shame and guilt and fear. And that's what Christ died to take away. We don't need to be afraid because God, I'm just going to shorten it up. God has our backs. He forgives us. He's got a plan for our lives that does not end up with us dying and going to hell. He's, mm-hmm. He loves us. And even though we bear crosses in this world, even through those crosses, good things will happen. But it takes a it takes a congregation that understands that, too, because at times when we're facing these issues, we need the help and comfort, the mutual consolation and conversation of the brethren more than ever. And so we we need people to remind us of our identity in Christ and the forgiveness and the support that we have from him and from his people. I think that it's really complicated for church workers because they are members of that body of Christ, that local community, that congregation, but they also have this special vocation, this specific role within that. And I don't think we've done a great job in wrestling with what that means. And I think we're getting there. You know, we're really talking about things these things a lot more within the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And I want people to know that we are clearly from this article, not the only denomination to deal with this. Right. This mm-hmm. is, yeah. you know, really common across all denominations and all faiths. And so understanding that, that there's a tension, if you will. And we like to talk about dualities a lot on here. Mm-hmm. And this certainly applies in this circumstance too. The pastor is a member of the congregation while having a specific place and a specific role. And we need to help congregations understand how to enter that tension, just as well as we help pastors understand how to enter that role and tension. And I only, I know I'm talking about pastors a lot. I think this does apply to our commissioned workers as well, but there is a unique place in the leadership of the pastoral office. And so we see more weight, I think, to it when these issues come up. And with our spouses too, they, um, Mm -hmm the church worker spouses all of these all of these folks are set in a different position and whether we're talking about mental health physical health or spiritual health professional church workers and their families are held to a standard that's oftentimes unattainable and one of the great problems is that it's often the workers themselves who hold themselves to an unattainable standard which means that they're forgetting the basic proclamation of law and gospel. (laughs) And we need to have somebody remind us of it. It also means that we have to mean it when we say all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is no help outside of that baseline understanding. And sometimes things get so bad that you're not able to serve, just as if you had had a, a progressive cancer that no longer allowed you to be in the pulpit. You sometimes reach that point in an illness, but it doesn't mean that you've been kicked out of the body of Christ, or it shouldn't, and we need to make that clear to everyone. Hmm. So in the time that we have remaining, I'd like to 
look at some practical things. What mm-hmm. are a couple of practical things that I can do as a guy in the pew mm-hmm. um, to support the church workers in my congregation? Um, it, you know, from that that very real uh, perspective. So we'll start with Heidi and, and, and go to Bob. Heidi, one or two practical things that I can do as a guy in the pew? I think including your pastor in your problems is really helpful because so often that's something that we aren't really experiencing a lot in congregations, especially with changing culture and everything. But uh, when you have mental health problems, problems in your relationships and things, when we actually deal with that within the body of Christ, instead of keeping it to ourselves and keeping it really private, we have taken the stigma off for other people as well. And so I think just sharing it with both our pastor, our church workers, and one another, actually doing the work of suffering and rejoicing together. That is a gift of God, a good gift of God. That really releases a lot of the shame that comes with these issues of mental and emotional health. The other thing I think you can do is just check in. There is a place for both accountability as well as, you know, reliability in the body of Christ. So being a friend that has boundaries because all friendship has boundaries, understanding that there is professional boundaries when you enter into a relationship with someone who's also your pastor or your child's teacher or whatever else. But that doesn't limit us to not having any kind of friendship with that person. And so treating them as we would want to be treated, being loved and accepted as a member of the body of Christ in friendship and including them in gatherings or asking them out to dinner or, um, you know, then there's that accountability piece where we can ask them, you know, how's your day off going? Have you been taking that? Those are things that we should see in the body of Christ that we may not see in a traditional work setting because it is the body of Christ. And so I think those are really cool gifts that God gives us that we get to interact a little bit different because this isn't a corporate, you know, relationship that we have with our church worker. Again, always considering boundaries and um, respecting when someone uh, doesn't want to share or when our pastor, uh, you know, feels like they want to keep things uh, that are going on with their family private because we all have the right to do that as well. Um, And God is going to do his work when we simply enter into the reality of actually living life together instead of worshiping side by side in a pew. Bob, practical tips that, uh, for those of us in the pew, practical tips in the pew, the congregations, the members of the congregations, the elders of the congregations, and just the guy in the pew all have a responsibility to create an environment within the church where everybody is taken care of, no matter who they are the elderly lady who can't get out of her bed to the pastor who doesn't want to go to church on Sunday morning because he's afraid everybody hates him. You know, you've got you've got to create an environment where everybody is looked after, everybody is taken care of, and especially with the professional church workers, there needs to be a plan in advance to assure that they're taking the time they need for themselves, for their families, that all of the things that are ordinarily being done can be done. Plus, the Synod has a huge number of resources available to help. 
can point us to those? Sure. <laughs> the very first place to go is the worker wellness page on lcms.org. Mm-hmm. I could give you the whole long URL, but it's easier just to go to Google and say LCMS worker wellness, and you'll go right to the page. There's Doxology, a great group, one of our RSOs who who works specifically with, with church worker health and includes the congregation in that process. There's Shepherd's Canyon, which works especially on on family issues. There's Grace Place, which works on a number of issues that cause worker stress. There's Concordia Plan Services. They have a ton of services available to people. There's Soldiers of the Cross and Veterans of the Cross that help with financial troubles and help people pay for the help that they need to get. Mm. Heidi, with just about a minute left, anything else you'd like to add as we wrap up today? Yeah, I think it can be a very isolating experience to have mental health concerns and challenges in yourself or in your family. And I just encourage any worker to know that they're a valued member of this body. And I believe that the congregation sees that as well. Now, I believe the best of our congregations and they want our workers to be healthy and to have that vitality in life. And so be open, even when it's scary, you know, be vulnerable with have some boundaries, uh, but be vulnerable. And then I encourage the congregation to give more grace. You know, the book of James tells us that that's what God gives us. And so enter into conversation, listen and ask questions more than you talk. And I think we will all be on the road to better mental health and serving one another. Deacon Heidi Gaiman and Pastor Bob Gore, thanks so much for being our guest today on the Coffee Hour. Thank you very much. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.